We are back at it. The sun did rise. Bedlam has set on Oklahoma State Athletics. This is the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, are you still like wandering around in a, a Bedlam hangover? <laughs> no, you know, it, it, it was funny because... I mean, we saw each other kind of intermittently on Saturday night, but I, I wasn't. Um, I don't know. It was. It was. It was. It was a different feeling than I've had the last uh, two 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 years, anyway, and even way different than 2013. I, I I thought it was a fun game. I don't know if it was a great game. It was a fun game. An awesome atmosphere, and I didn't. F- Oklahoma State didn't blow it wasn't it wasn't a choke job you know like they just didn't they just didn't win and I we can we can break that down but I I wasn't I wasn't really like disappointed with the way everything played out even though the final outcome for Oklahoma State was was incredibly disappointing yeah I think um I, I feel a lot of the same way like it's one thing to lose to Oklahoma it's quite another to not attempt to win the game or play timid or play scared that, that's not what happened like you know I talked a lot going into the week about how conservative Gundy is in Bedlam and rightfully so he has been but we didn't see that on Saturday and that's really all I cared to see was just just run your offense throw the football and, and play football and they did and they they simply are not as good as Oklahoma as much as that probably hurts people from Oklahoma State it's really simple OU has the better quarterback OU has the better team and the better team won. And OSU just did not make enough plays when they had the chance, which we'll talk about. And that's that's something that you can accept. You can accept losing to a better team. You can't accept playing timid or scared of your of your rival. And that's not what happened. And so that, that for me, that was a huge positive to take away. Yeah, and and, and I don't even know if I can. I, I think that they have very similar teams, and I think most importantly, what you touch on. Baker Mayfield's better than Mason Rudolph. I hate it. Like, I hate that. I, I don't want that to be true. I wish it wasn't true. But he just is. And, you know, I, I know that they both threw – What uh, they both threw two interceptions. Is that right? Yeah. They both yeah. threw two. Rudolph's uh, – or did Mason throw th- – oh, he had, he had the fumble. So he had three turnovers and and Baker well, had two. I, I, don't but, even, I don't even count the last. You're just throwing Hail Marys up. Yeah, so you they know, both the they the both game. had they both had two legitimate turnovers, and um, I don't know. I I just feel like he outplayed Rudolph, and that's sort of what it came down to for me. And and you know, I, I wrote this, and I know we discussed it uh, via text or or something something we were doing. Um, Oklahoma State had a chance. Three minutes left, sixty yards to go, uh, or or uh, yeah, sixty yards to go. That's all you want, right? Like that. Like if you had given. Every, all 60,000 people in that stadium, as they were entering the stadium on Saturday afternoon, if you said, Will, would you take this scenario? I, I think 98% of them would. You know, you, you've got this this best offense of the country, quote-unquote, even though they didn't show it in the second half, against an OU defense that's not that good, not to mention the fact that, as you pointed out, they're playing with three fresh, true freshman defensive backs. That's everything you want, and they didn't get it done. And I thought they called the right play on on the fourth down, hit trying to hit Tyron, um, and he and Mason just missed the throw. I 
on that play. Should, should we start with the, should we start with the first half and work our way up to that? Yes, we should. But just let me touch on your <laughs> let me touch on your first point you made there. I think ninety eight percent of Oklahoma State fans would take that scenario, and a hundred percent of them would think they're going to win the game if they yeah. have the ball in Mason's hands with a chance to win it last. The scenario fans wouldn't want is OU with the ball last with a chance to win, which I guess they still would have even if Mason had made the throw to Tyron. But yeah, there would have been a minute left, minute ten or something. But um, yeah, just yeah. Let's 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 go let's go to the beginning of the game, shall we? Like, yeah. I mean, you're never ever 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 going to convince me that the fumble non fumble was him losing was was him never having possession and the most <laughs> the most ludicrous part of the whole thing. Whether you think he had possession or not, the officials overturned the call yeah. on the field, which yeah. means. It's indisputable evidence that it's this way. How that is egregious and impossible to say. And the fact they overturned that to me will remain a mystery until the end of time. That was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Yeah, it was bad. I I, I don't think, you know, we, we um, I tweeted out the, the gif of it and, and you know, I, I was, I was kind of throwing some hyperbole out there. I don't think it was indisputable either way. Um, I think you can make the case for both sides, but, but again, like exactly what you said, based on the fact that it was called a catch and a fumble on the field, there's, there's, there's just no way you can, you can reverse that. You just can't like, it's, 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 it's like such a 50, 50 thing. And and I would say the same thing if it's the other way around, if they had called it not a catch on the field, I'd say, yeah, it's, it's close, but like, you can't reverse it, you know? Um, it was terrible, but I want to go back even further than that. I'm sitting up there, press box, Oklahoma State comes out in these all black uniforms, which we'll get to later. Unbelievable. They, everybody's fired up. The stadium's full, like 30 minutes before kickoff. It's like completely full. It was unbelievable. Oklahoma State defers. Baker Mayfield goes out, throws a pick to AJ Green and you're like, "Oh, it's it's on. Like this is this is <laughs> this is going to happen, you know?" Stadium is just swaying immediately. The stadium the students are just just out of their minds about about Mayfield potentially blowing a Bedlam game. You look up 10 minutes later, it's 3 to nothing and it should be 14 to nothing. And and I don't mean should be as in like, well, if they would have like they scored two touchdowns that were eventually ruled not touchdowns. And these are the little things that I like to talk about a lot that change legacies and change seasons. You know, they, they score justice Hill scored. James Washington gets called for holding. It probably was, but you could also see that not being called, you know, and, and same thing with the fumble. And, uh, I don't know. It, it, it was, uh, it was kind of foreboding for what was to come after that, all, that, that sequence, that kind of four possession sequence, you're like, well, you know, I've uh, like you said, I've seen this movie before. I was getting some serious Desmond Rowland flashbacks from yeah. 2013, where he scores on the first series of the game. They call it back for holding, and you can call that holding on James Washington literally on every play. He, anytime you're blocking somebody, your hands are are intertwined with their jersey when you grab their their chest pad, essentially. And I thought Parnell Motley did a great job to flail and kind of just turn his body to the side when he is being held up on a block. That was a horrible call. I thought they missed a hold on OU on the other side when Jeff Bidette ran the kind of the the jet sweep. They held on that play. They didn't call it. Look, I don't want to make it about officials, but 
two just huge calls go against Oklahoma State. Huge. If you're up if if you're up fourteen nothing in that game, it, it is an entirely different. Like people like to just say, well, you, you still should have made the plays, and that's true. But the 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 change the, the the mindset of a team completely changes when they're down fourteen nothing versus up seven to three. OU goes down and scores, makes it seven to three, and instead of being down by fourteen, they're up by four. That is a that's a hard thing to get over too if you're Oklahoma State. Yeah, and at, at that point you just sit there and go, "My God, is OSU?" Caden uh, McFarland, who I, I love from Channel Two in Tulsa, kind of turns over to me and goes, "You know, if you've been following OSU for like <laughs> 30, 40 years, and you see something like that, you got to be sitting there going, are we ever going to get a freaking break against these guys?'" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. I was like, you know what? Like, my dad is probably doubled over in his recliner right now. So you're probably right. So, but no, just two two huge breaks, and you're right. Little plays like that can swing legacies and all that, and we'll get into that too. But just, I could not believe they overturned the fumble. That to me, and yeah. I knew as as soon as they they showed the referee, I, I couldn't hear Joel Clad. Apparently, he was saying the same thing I was. When they showed the referee like writing something down, like his assistant as he's talking on the headset, I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna overturn that. Yeah. And sure yeah. enough, they did. <clears throat> it was it was unbelievable. Then, after that, it turns into a track meet. I, I think touchdowns were scored on like I don't know eight of the next nine drives or something like that. And it it it, it was weird because in in the stadium, it, it wasn't this sense of like it didn't feel very dramatic. It felt it started feeling a little bit inevitable, kind of like the Texas Tech OU game last year, to where you're like, is this good football or is it? Like what's what's going on here? It, it it was just it it was weird. Even as bad as OU's defense has been, and and especially with how good as Oklahoma State's defense had been coming in, that you're just seeing a possess like an automatic touchdown on every drive, four four play drives, two play drives, and you're just like, what what's what's happening? Um, I don't even I don't even know what happened in the second quarter. I, I just I, I blacked out. I blacked out. It, it was a total whirlwind. Uh, but to your point. We were taking bets on press row where I was if they would score in less than five play. Like you would have to bet the under on five plays. And when <laughs> there was one series where oh you got to like play five and they didn't score, like everyone was like, Oh my god, what's wrong with their offense? <laughs> but and I know Kyle, there's this tendency to just eviscerate the de- the defenses, but this is what happens when you get literally the number one and number two offense in the entire country, two elite quarterbacks that are among the best in the country. It, it can make you look silly, and I, I know the Big 12 gets ripped for their defenses, but for me, it's more about good quarterback play beats good defense every day of the week, and we didn't just see good quarterback. We saw quarterbacking at the highest level at certain times of the game. Yeah. Uh, did you think, so Oklahoma State gets the ball back in the second quarter with 118 left on their own. Junior! Uh, <laughs> Junior! <laughs> on their own 25. What what odds you're taking bets on press row? What odds did you put on Mike Gundy taking a knee right there? <laughs> well, the question was, was he going to hand it off or take a knee? And he handed it off to Justice Hill. You will never in a million years convince me he was trying to go score. Just <laughs> Justice Hill is just too good, and he runs for like 20 yards. Boom! They get in the hurry up, and then they're off and running. Yeah. Uh, to me, he had given up again. He had two. I know they had two timeouts, but. That you know, he wasn't he wasn't about to throw the ball. So I think he just said, "Look, we're going to run it." 
And if we get a first down, okay, we'll 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 go after it. But if if not, we'll we'll let the clock run out. And then on the other side, Lincoln yeah. Riley pulled a Mike Gundy. Yeah. He totally gave up. I know. With timeouts in the bag, I think he had one timeout left, and he Baker Mayfield was scoring in two plays, and he just runs the clock out. That was shocking. Yeah, that that was shocking. I was stunned. And then, you know, at, at halftime, it felt like it felt like I had just watched like three Big Ten games in the first in the first half of, of Bedlam. Like I, I had to go, like I, I needed to like lay down. I was, I was exhausted at halftime. It was unreal. <laughs> the, uh, the legendary game last year between Texas tech and Oklahoma, the score at that halftime was 30 to 24. Yeah. And this game was 38 all. It was on I, pace for just a, an absurd I, score. And I, the, the score that I picked that I ended up picking, I think on the podcast even was 38, 33, and it was like thirty-eight, thirty-one with I don't know two minutes left in the in the first half. I was like, well, I guess if Oklahoma State gets a safety and that's all the scoring that's that happens the rest of the game, it, it, it was it was absurd. It, it was well, it was, and and I kept looking at the clock, Kyle. There was a period there in the third in the beginning of the second quarter where only like ninety seconds of game clock had expired, and it had yeah. been like thirty minutes. And I kept looking. I kept saying out loud, like, wow, there's still 13 and a half minutes left in the second quarter. And people were just like, whoa, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on here? I know. The, at one so, point, the, the quarterbacks had passed for 412 yards, and there were still 44 minutes left in the game, which is just uh, outrageous, obviously. Yeah. And then uh, second half, the defenses, both sides, come out and made some plays. Yeah. Um, I, I was uh, – I, I got to say, I mean – it's hard because you can't you can't look at Oklahoma State's defense and be, and and say well they played they played pretty well because you you give up I think it was like four point two points per drive that's terrible I mean that's awful that's it's so bad but they sacked Baker Mayfield uh, five times you know two interceptions it, it was one of his I think statistically in in those two categories probably one of his worst games ever even though on the other side of it he played incredibly throw for you know threw for 600 yards six total touchdowns but they did get to him a little bit and and um so I I I do have to give them credit for that and 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 OU did too you know the biggest thing for me I I wrote this in the 10 thoughts the, the 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 biggest thing of the whole game is Oklahoma State comes out second half they have seven drives total four of them if they score they go up so they were driving four separate times to take the lead three turnovers and a punt and and they and they couldn't do it they couldn't get over the hump to take the lead and they didn't lead for the last 50 minutes of the game Carson and and that to me is just it's you know as much as we want to say it's the defense it's the defense it's, it's the defense in a lot of ways it was the offense in the second half they 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 let them down when they, when they needed them most. Exactly, and you're right. You can beat up the defense all you want, but in this, the, and we don't have to go through every series. But the, the seminal moment is they get they get the ball back to Oklahoma State's offense, and they could not do it. And I I agree, Kyle. Like the seven drives in the second half result in 14 points, and I know you scored 52. And you, you expect to win most games like that, but the defense to me did enough to win the game. The offense just did not get it done in the second half. I mean, doesn't, I, that, doesn't that sound crazy to say out loud, though? It does, and it, it almost it almost sounds completely insane. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but 
but that's that's to me that's what happened and i just and for me the the game will be remembered always for me for first down inside the goal on the one or two yard line first down a minute left in the third quarter chance to go up and mason rudolph throws a hor- one of the worst passes of his entire career into double coverage in the end zone on first down on a run pass option where he had the chance to hand it off look like hill would have walked in and he tried to he tried to go uh, go rogue and he tried to you know thread the needle and tried to make a pass that he shouldn't have made and that that to me is when they lost the game and to your point about having all those chances to go ahead the mentality of football is not something we talk about a lot either it is draining to be down 10 the whole game, as Mike Gundy referenced in his press conference today. Yeah. It is draining mentally. It is. And that's been one of the bigger problems in these Bedlam games for OSU is they've been trailing in all of them. That 2010 game, they're just trying to answer. 2008, they're just trying to answer. Uh, 2013 was its own deal. And in, uh, in 2012, they were ahead. And OU almost lost that game because they were having to come from behind in 2012 when they lost in, or OU won in overtime. So it's huge when you don't either cut the margin or go ahead like if they go ahead going into the fourth quarter i'm fully convinced they win that game but mason throws one of the worst passes of his career in the red zone when you just cannot do that as a a senior quarterback you cannot make that throw you can't do it and that's when that to me that's that's the moment i will always remember and why they lost this game i'm glad i'm glad you brought up 2012 because after the game i wrote that this game was like 20 2008 and 2010 and in a lot of ways it was Oklahoma state loses at home in a kind of a shootout, you know, they have a chance at the end or whatever, but I, I almost feel like it was more like the reverse of 2012 to where, Oh, use up the entire game. They're leading, they're leading and trying to come back. You've got a shot at the end. You can tie it on a field goal, maybe get to overtime, see what happens, you know, just, just have a chance. And, and, the, and unlike OU in 2012, when they drove all the way down and, um, and did it, uh, Oklahoma State didn't do that this year. And, 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 and to me, it felt like that game only with uh, not obviously not as good of an outcome for Oklahoma State fans as OU fans had in 2012. That's a good point. I mean, Blake Bell answers to get it to overtime. They had the chance to. Um, so, yeah, it's very similar. Um, it's You wouldn't have trotted Amendola out there for a 54-yarder, would you? Um, no, no, I, I did not think at the time they should. And I, and I still don't, I thought, I thought they did the right thing. And, and, you know, yeah. if, if you stepping back, like, I, so we went down, did you go down to the field at all at the end? I, I was up top still. Okay. So I, Kyle Boone and I went down and we were standing on the kind of the deck in front of, uh, or, or, or by Gallagher, I, but kind of overlooking the East end zone. And the pick by Whitener, that's as loud as I've ever heard that place. Because so, so uh, Baker's rolling out. He's he's like looking right down our line of sight, and he just he, I don't I just don't think he saw Whitener. Whitener just kind of stepped out of the shadows, picks it off, takes it the other way, and you're like, holy crap! Like Oklahoma State's going to win this game. There's three minutes left, sixty yards to go. I think they had two, at least two. I think they had all three timeouts at the time. And you know, I just just run your stuff. Just do do your you know do what you do and and go score. And those last seven plays over over that you know basically the last their last drive, they only ran Justice Hill one time, 
And I thought Justice Hill was if Baker was the 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 one A best player on the field, I thought I thought Justice Hill was one B. I thought he was unbelievable on Saturday. And Gundy was asked about this on Monday, and he said, you know, it's not that we weren't calling running plays. He's like, pretty much all of our stuff is RPO. It's it's run pass option. It's up to Mason, and 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 he, his read was that he should pass it. And whatever, I I, I don't know, but I do know you got to get the get the ball to Justice Hill, who's been spectacular all night. And they didn't do it, and and it felt like they panicked a little bit at the end, even though they it felt like they were playing with thirty seconds left instead of three minutes. And I, I just I hated that part of it more than I hated the way that it ended with the overthrow to to Tyron. Yeah, I agree. And back to the interception, I don't know if I've ever heard it louder than that either. Brian Keating and I were when it happened. We were, I mean, we were just talking about it afterwards. I was trying to think of another moment that approaches that moment. I, I think the one I the best one I could come up with was the 2013 fumble return against Baylor. Yeah, that uh, Tyler Patman got where he people had like 80, 90 yards to celebrate and get loud <laughs> as he just walked in. That can you imagine? There. Can you imagine if Whitener would have taken it a hundred? Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, once at first I thought it was a DB because I was I was up pretty high up above the press box, and then when I realized it was Whitener, I was like, "Oh, you can't score." But if that yeah. had been like, like AJ Green or somebody, like oh, he, I thought there was a, there was a split second where I thought they might go score. Yeah. But uh, that but, to your point, that the crowd was unbelievable oh it was awesome and, and i know mike gundy talked about this in his press conference today is he wanted to make osu and boone Pigeon stadium kind of like an sec environment the, the tailgating before the game to me is second to none i've been all over the country it, it doesn't it's as good as any place i've ever been yep uh the crowd was as you mentioned in there early it was loud boone Pigeon stadium has become one of the better college football environments you'll ever, you're ever going to find. And I, I don't yeah. know if people that go, just go to games in Stillwater realize that. I've been no. to SEC country. I've been all over the place, and it's as good as anywhere. And I thought it was sensational, and that yeah. moment was one I'll never forget. But I, uh, I couldn't agree more. The, the moment to me that sticks out, so there were two for me just off the top of my head that I can remember. One was the Gilbert uh, kick return in 2010 against yep. OU. That's a good one. That's a that good one. one was up there. And then the stop – it was different because Oklahoma State was rolling, but the the goal line stop against TCU in 2015. Um, who was their quarterback? That was that. Was, oh, uh, that why was that was when Whitener came on the scene. He played for an yeah. injured uh, Ryan Simmons that game. Yeah, he, he who, made the stop. Who, who was the quarterback for TCU? He was he turned into a, Trayvon he, Boykin. Yeah, Boykin. They stopped him at the goal line. That that was pretty loud too. Um, so yeah, there have been moments, but the Whitener one was up there, and then you know they didn't get it done at the end. Yeah, and the, the last drive, um, it's it's funny how <laughs> what did we all talk about before this game? If they don't throw the ball, I, know, I, know. I want them fired. And then Justice <laughs> Hill turns into Barry Junior. Barry two point during the yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, I mean he Kyle he looked like the best running back OSU's had, not named Thurman or Barry in that I know. game. I know. That's that's what he looked like. Justice Hill is going to leave Oklahoma State as all everything, all yeah. Big Twelve, all all league, all all American. He might even be a Heisman finalist by the time he's done. He's that good. Yeah. And the the run where he trucked over the guy was unbelievable. And I do think they should have run the ball there. I mean, I I, I do, but I I'm also willing to admit that if they ran the ball there and get stopped, then yeah, I know. Then they they get burned to the ground for yeah. being conservative. So I. I 
I'm not going to sit here and second guess the play calling. And I think Mike's right. A lot of it is RPO where it's up to Mason and a play that no one's going to talk about. Yeah. This, ever is, I, this is, was, this was smart. I like this first down. I think it's first down. I can't remember what down it was. I think it was think, first down. I think it was, I think it was second down. Well, it was first down, but I don't know if it was the first series, the first set of down. I think it was the second set of first downs they had because they got a first down, didn't they, on the last drive? Yeah, you're right. This was right after the targeting. I just pulled it up. Yes, it was, yeah. It right after, after the, the targeting play, uh, they run a really good play. They get Keenan Brown going the other way, opposite of the OU defense, and it's it's a one on one scenario with this with the OSU or the OU defensive back. And instead of just cutting up field and getting five yards, something that Dylan Stoner is so good at that Josh Cooper was so good at before him, he tries to run around him and run horizontal as opposed to vertical, and he gets tackled. And it, instead of being second five, it's second nine. Then, boom, they get one yard on the very next play, and then, then, you're, then you're behind the chains, and you're in serious trouble. So that's a play that no one's going to remember, but you have, to, you have to get upfield there. And now maybe that's on OSU for throwing it to Keenan Brown, a guy who hadn't touched the ball very much, and he's not used to catching it and making plays like that. But I thought that was a hugely critical play that that will go unnoticed when uh, we talk about this game 10 years from now were you were, and, you, su- were you surprised that they overturned the targeting i was sh- shocked i mean i didn't even think you could review that i thought they <laughs> they were just reviewing i thought they were just reviewing that are they going to kick the guy out or not it's ou ball but should we kick the guy out i thought that's what they were going to review and I, apparently that's what they were reviewing but i guess dean blandino comes on and says i didn't get to watch the broadcast but apparently he came on and said, guys, there's actually a rule that if it's an egregious error, they can review that too. And that's exactly what they did. So I guess they can review anything now if they deem it an egregious error. They can review if Mike Gundy took his shirt off or not if it's an egregious error. So I, I was shocked they overturned it, but I do think it's the right call. It happened before the interception, but I was surprised. Can you imagine how that call would have been viewed by everybody if Oklahoma State goes on to score win that game, win the Big 12, get into the college football playoff? I mean, even Lincoln Riley said it was the right call. Now, would he say that if they lost? I, I don't know. But he's, yeah. even Lincoln Riley agreed with it. So I don't now, know how it, controversial it would have been. It was. Okay, let's talk about the, the pass to Tyron. Uh, right. <sighs> do, do you – so Gundy said during the timeout they, they discussed kicking it. They thought about it. But he said he had confidence in the in the play they were running out of the set that they had because OU hadn't seen it before. By the way, Gundy on Monday said he <clears throat> at one point Yurcich called a, a post to Washington and he almost got on the headset and said, you know, here's here's what I think. He goes, I just shut up. We score a touchdown. He goes, I'm wanting to be a good coach. I'm wanting to shut up. He goes, Yurcich was feeling it. He was like, he, he goes, he was rolling. He was feeling it. He was like, he, he was lights out on Saturday night. And you said, and you said that too. And he was, I, I thought he was pretty awesome for most of the game, but did you agree with what they ran out of that fourth and eight uh, in, in that last drive? Well, I, I first, I, I don't even think you even, have a discussion amongst your assistant coaches as far as if you're kicking a field goal or not. You, you sit, you, you take Amendola's helmet away and just, you, you put it under the bench and say, we're, we're a great offense. We don't need you here. So I, I was a little offended. Like Gundy was even asked about it. I mean, I get, I get you have to ask the question, but like Gundy, like went on this big explanation why they went for it. It's like, Gundy, you don't have to explain like, this is the right call. Like you're not, you're not kicking a 54 yard with Amendola. You're just not. And, uh, the play itself, 
it's hard for me. Like the end result, I hate. I, I, I think you need eight or nine yards to get a first down. You go with a play that you have in the depths of your playbook that you know <laughs> – you know you can get eight or nine yards. You're not throwing it 50. You're not. Do, that's a low percentage play, even with a guy like Mason Rudolph, is one of the best deep ball throwers in the country. I'm running a triple a triple tree where they go to all three guys go all to the same side of the field. He has three options to get the first. You know, I'm running a play that I think is a layup. Maybe they did because if you go back and watch that, Dylan Stoner is wide open on the other side of the field. Yeah, he had two guys wide open on the other side of the field. He just, he just went to Tyron. So, the end result, I hate. It's a low percentage throw. It's a throw that Baker Mayfield makes in his sleep. Uh, it's a throw mm. that Mason, Mason will regret forever. Now, I can also kind of see where Mason's coming from. If you go back and watch that play, there is contact. Trey Brown makes contact with Tyron, and as soon as that ball hit the ground, Mason goes ape you know what on the ref saying he was held and if you go back and watch it as soon as the ball lands like trey brown does the puts his arms up in the air like i didn't do anything i didn't touch him don't call it like so i think mason thinks he was held and that held up the timing but we'll never know and i i just i thought it was a low percentage throw low percentage play when you had to have a first down now maybe they wanted him to go to the other side of the field i'll never know well i think he wanted to go to the other side of the field because and the guy that he'd been going to all night when he had to have a first down on fourth down at the goal line, whatever was Marcel Aitman. And he was on the other side of the field, but they, he, he said he, somebody asked him about it afterwards. And he was like, that we just, there was nothing like they were all over Marcel. I loved it. I loved the play call. I, I actually thought as they were coming out of that timeout, I, I thought they, they should just go for it right here. Like just, just go for the, go for the touchdown and if you, I mean, I think the flip side of that argument is, wow, you're leaving OU a lot of time, you know, even if you do score the touchdown. But I loved that they went for it. I loved that they went to Tyron. And maybe he was held, maybe not. But it just, it it didn't, it, it felt like he did not, even if he hadn't been held, it just didn't feel like he threw it the way that he wanted to. He didn't get much air under it. And um, he didn't. I, I don't I don't I, I feel like he I feel just like, I feel like Mason throws that to the top of the stadium and down. He puts so much air. He puts too much air under it for me, and even well, on that play too. Well, he didn't have enough because he didn't give Tyron. You know, enough you have too to, much on it. It went too far. No, but I'm saying like it it looked it looked a little flat. Like it looked like because it because it sailed right. It didn't by too much air on it, if he throws it a little bit higher then Tyron has more time to run under it is what I'm saying. Well, I was standing at the top of the stadium and it, it, it reached eye level with me. <laughs> he just threw it too far. So I, and, and again, it's these little plays, you know, if he, if he hits that throw, we're saying he's the greatest quarterback in OSU history. He dethroned yeah. Baker Mayfield. And yeah, but the fact is he didn't make the throw. And it's a throw to me. I'm sorry. Baker Mayfield hits that throw. And I know Baker threw two picks just like Mason. But when he had guys open 70 yards down the field, he hit them in the numbers. Uh, and that's Baker, the difference in the game. Baker Mayfield's got a cannon, by the way. I don't I don't think I had seen him in person yet. He's got a freaking arm. I yeah, mean, he, he has great he, arm strength. He doesn't. He doesn't look like because he, he kind of. He's kind of small. He's kind of. You, you kind of think of him as being like a. I don't know, just like a dual threat, like whatever. But he's he's he can he can throw it. 
I mean, it's it was incredible some of the throws that he made. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was kind of an anticlimactic ending, just just for the shootout that we got in the first half, and then you you get you know you ended on a on a pick and then uh, a turnover on downs. You're like, wait, wait a second, is that it? Like that's that's the end of the game. But uh, I, I do want to stick with Tyron for a minute because he was awesome on Saturday. We talked about it. I said last week, I said, in games like this, sometimes you see the, the, the most talented guys show up. And he did. And his two touchdowns were incredible. I mean, were you just did, – did you have to be restrained? Up, were you on the top deck? Yeah. He left back to the future treadmarks past uh parnell motley they you know the flame tracks like he he juked him completely out of his jersey uh if, if tyron had caught that touchdown pass that mason overthrew him on at the end of the game i probably would have crowd surfed down all the way down like people just been like carson you did it you told us tyron was the man he scored here we'll we'll, we'll send you down there with him but i i I would have crowd surfed down from the top deck all the way down to the field, and it would have been like uh, Maverick and Iceman, me and me and Tyron down on the field while everyone like lifts <laughs> us up and carries us off the field. <laughs> no, but I, like where where like first off, you owe me an apology. Yeah, about I Tyron. do. I do. I do. Do, do you want to call him overrated some more? No, no. He, okay. He, I, I think if he would have caught that pass, you would have ranked uh, him. Like the debate for you would have been uh, Tyron, Rashawn, and James Washington as the and and Blackman as the four best receivers in Oklahoma State history, and and you yeah, would, he'd, he'd probably be number one. Actually. You would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just no, I no, no. Hold, so, hold on, hold on. I want to give you your apology. You were right. I was wrong. Uh, Tyron's awesome. He's he's incredible. Uh, he's an unbelievable talent. I, I think that what we were both a little bit unaware of is that he had been kind of moved around in terms of what position he was playing inside, outside, inside, outside. Uh, Gundy said he obviously, he said today he forgot where he was in terms of the culture earlier in the year. Um, but he's the man. I mean, he is unbelievable. And, and the move to, to your point, the move that he put on, on Motley on the touchdown, um, <clears throat> I th- this was the slant over the middle. I thought Joel Klatt was going to just come out of his shoes because he he said, he goes, he, he got the corner's hips turned, and it, it, he sounded like Gundy. He goes, it was over. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, he was gone. Like, he was completely over, and he, he looked uh, every bit the five-star that he was coming out of high school, and uh, I, I, I don't know. I, he, him and Justice Hill were, were so much fun to watch on Saturday. I feel so vindicated by Tyron Johnson. I mean, for all the people that have tweeted me, that have listened to this podcast, Carson, quit talking about Tyron. He doesn't even play. He doesn't even do anything. He's overrated. Shut your mouth and listen. <laughs> Tyron Johnson is a freako. He is, as I said, the most explosive player on the team, not named James Washington, and he might be even more explosive than James Washington. That's yeah. not an overstatement. And no, he was this, awesome. in, this inside outside nonsense, Oklahoma State has mismanaged Tyron Johnson. They have not used him effectively. It reminds me so much of Tyree Kill. They didn't yeah. know what to do with Tyree Kill. Uh, it's been a horrible coaching move 
the way they've dealt with Tyron. Now, has Tyron been a problem off the field, and that's why he's not playing? It sounds like that's what Gundy's telling us as far as getting out of his world. But <laughs> Forgot where he uh, was. But it didn't. It, I had to watch Tyron for five seconds, and I knew that this guy was different than any other player they had on their team as far as the talent level he has. And it was great to see him step up. You know, James Washington gets hurt. That derails 99% of the offenses in the country when you lose a guy like that. Yeah. And they, they, they just plugged Tyron right in, and it was like they didn't miss a beat. That was unbelievable. And he, he backed up everything I've ever said about the guy and then some. And it, was, it, was, a joy, it was a joy to watch. What, how good was the throw from Mason to Tyron in the corner? That was as good of a throw as I've ever – one of the better throws I've ever seen at any, at any level. Just put it right over his shoulder. Didn't have to break a stride. Uh, that was the opposite of his last throw. It was incredible. <laughs> So it's so yeah it's it's one thing to rail on Mason for the throw he didn't make, but he doesn't even get in that position if he doesn't make that throw. Well, and, and to your point, I mean, <clears throat> we always talk about who who's your guy with the chip when the chips are down. Who are you going to? We're going to say it's season and program on the line. They got a Tyron. Well, final throw, you know, and they didn't get it, but I think that says a lot about how much they believe in him, how much Mason believes in him. And, uh, man, it was set up. <clears throat> I went back and watched it about 10 or 12 times. He catches that ball because he's wide open. He's got two steps on the corner. Safety's not getting over there in time. And if he catches it, it's right in front of where the students are. And he does the – he does he did this in the Tulsa game. He does the Jason Terry airplane, like just, just through the end zone all the way to the other side. And – uh, Mr. Pickens might have needed to make another donation uh, to rebuild the, the the student like the the section where the students are because uh, that place would have been I mean it would have, it would have been just complete insanity. See, um, he he wouldn't have been able to slow down though. He would have gone straight through that tunnel, that that Blackman tunnel that Whedon first threw his touchdown pass to. <laughs> he just would have kept going. He would have done the Jason Terry all the way to the locker room and cracked a few tyrant sirens in the locker room. He said it's he a wrap. <laughs> And then Baker would have scored with three seconds left. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing, Kyle. Like, I know that they didn't score, and that's how they lost the game. But who's to say Baker doesn't go down and score? Like immediately, <laughs> we'll we'll never know. But yeah. And here's another thing, Kyle. I know people are upset they gave up the touchdown run to Trey Sermon. Mike Gundy was especially upset about it. That's the only chance OSU had to win the game, is letting him score there when he breaks yeah. off the run. You don't tackle him yeah. because they can run the clock out. And even afterwards, OU, like Lincoln Riley's like, yeah, I wish he would have taken a knee like Samaje did, which Samaje did that when the game was over. Like He really wanted him to take a knee just so they could run the clock out in the game because Sermon scores. OSU has to just go down to get a quick score, which they had plenty of time to do that. They, they screwed around and threw a bunch of Hail Marys that didn't pan out, but Let's say they connect on one of those Hail Marys, onside kick, another Hail Mary. Now, obviously, that is like a 1% chance of happening, but there's a 0% chance they win if Sermon takes a knee. Yep. So, for all the people that got really upset about that, like, that was their only chance to get the ball back. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> okay, we need to, we need to toast. Uh, it's time for the Coupel Works Toast of the Week. Coupel Works, bringing great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. 
For your next watch party, tailgate, or get together with friends, enjoy a cold coupe works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, I'm guessing you're going to be toasting a Saturday siren, so I will let you go first and do your toast. You would guess right. <laughs> uh, my toast, obviously, is going to go to Tyron Johnson. Uh, 13, as Gundy would probably call him. You know, he showed up as this enigmatic talent, uh, five-star, all everything, and he has been totally misused, totally cast to the side, which, granted, OSU's had one of the best offenses in the country. It's hard to argue that. Uh, I would argue that they would be the number one offense in the country, not number two now, if they had used him all season long. But credit Tyron. He got suspended for a game. He obviously learned his lesson, and he stepped up when his, his number was called. I mean, let's face it, against Oklahoma, national TV, James Washington gets hurt. They put him in his position, and he looked like James Washington as far as the deep balls and everything else. So uh, Saturday siren, long overdue. I've had him on ice. I've had him at my house just waiting and waiting and waiting for them to finally throw Tyron the ball. I feel vindicated. I'm sure Tyron feels vindicated. And I'm cracking two and smashing them together like Stone Cold Steve Austin and putting them <laughs> on my face. Like KD did after the finals win? Only I know how to drink and KD doesn't. <laughs> okay, I'm going with an F5. I always go F5. It's my favorite. Um, but I'm going for an F5 f- for what? My, who, somebody who might be the I'm, – I'm trying to think of uh, – I'm going to maybe miss somebody just egregiously, but – I think the best player out of Oklahoma in the last, I, I don't know, three years, four years, something like that, uh, Justice Hill. Gundy called him the best running back in the country today. 228 yards against OU on 30 carries. Uh, he, he, was, he was unbelievable. And I know that, I know that OU's defense is not great, but they're, they're, and you and I talked about this coming in, their run defense was, was good. Um, or, or had been good all year and justice made him look terrible. I mean, he, I, I, I can't get over how insanely good he was on Saturday and he got lost because of the, of the loss and just everything else that happened, Tyron and Mason and Baker and whatever. But uh, I, I, I could not have been more impressed by his performance and uh, could not be more excited about him and, and JD King uh, over the next three years. So a uh, an F five to uh, to Justice Hill. That's a great one, and I'm shocked that OSU was able to run the ball as well as they did against Oklahoma. I did not think they would be able to, but what you saw was a different level of running back. I mean that that touchdown run, which was a great design, where OSU used a lot more motion, which they had not done all year. They motioned the receiver to get the uh, that guy out of the way, and Justice Hill just runs right by Oboe and seemingly scored before OU knew what, what had happened. Uh, just for me, he's he, he's like, we talked a lot about where uh, Mason ranks. He's the best running back, not named Barry or Thurman, that I've seen. It, it's really not that close. I th- I think that he's I think he's better than Joseph Randall. Oh, I I don't even think that's a discussion anymore. Really? After what I after what I saw. I mean, Joseph Randall's pretty good. But I, I think Justice Joseph Randall was awesome. He was an All American. Yeah, I, th- I think Justice is better. Well, and just Randall was a better receiver, but Randall never jumped off the screen like that. Like jumped off the just. We you look to the guy next to you and go, "What was that?" Yeah, 
I did that. What was that? I, I was sitting by Kyle Boone and, and Bill Haston in the in the uh, press box, and I, I just I just looked at I think it was Boone after the after one of his and I was like, what what, what am I seeing? Like, what, what is this? Who is this? I mean, it, obviously he's been great for the last year and a half, but I, I I was I was blown away by what he did, and 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 credit to the offensive line too. I mean. They opened up some some holes for him, and and he obviously took advantage of them. But I, I thought they did a really good job in terms of the running game on Saturday. The offensive line played really well. They uh they uh, you mentioned the running game, but Mason really wasn't hurried until what second half when he had the fumble. He, they kept him clean for the most part. Yeah, and I thought the offensive line really played well. And they yeah. have they still not been called for a holding all year? That that's Is pretty that impressive. True? Is that true? That was coming into the game. Mark Cooper tweeted out that the offensive line had not been called for holding all year. Wow. And I don't That's... think they were in Bedlam unless I'm just getting old and forgot, but <laughs> no, the, the offensive line played really well. Um, one thing I, I have to bring up Kyle and it's, it's not going to go well uh, for our the listen, listeners probably won't like this, but I've got like 10 things by the way that we still need to talk about, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's obvious to everyone now that, you know, Baker Mayfield's, better than Mason Rudolph and you and I talked about that before and people get upset but this was shocking to me I went and looked up their career numbers Kyle mm-hmm. uh, Mason Rudolph has never completed 64% of his passes for a season Baker Mayfield completed 64% his freshman year attack wow he went Baker Mayfield has gone 64 68 70 71 on completion percentage it's unbelievable Mason, Mason, 57, 62, 63, 63, which, again, Mason's awesome, but this was a different level of quarterback play. And I thought my, my colleague, Brian Keating, we, you know, we do the segment Crashing the Boards every Sunday. Yeah. We talk about Bedlam. And he, <laughs> he brought up a great point in that, you know, Mason and, and this team is just playing in the wrong era. Yep. They're going up against – Baker Mayfield has gone from not only just like the best quarterback at Oklahoma, just – one of the best college quarterbacks to play the game. Yeah, Mike Gundy compared him to Vince Young, and so did Brian Keating. So Brian Keating was a little prophetic. He 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 compared him to Vince Young in 2005 as far as what he does for his team. And Mike Gundy on Monday press conference said he reminds me of Vince Young. And when a play breaks down, he is almost you you can't defend the guy. And so as as much as we want to break down how bad the defense played and you know what the offense could have done better they just they got beat by the superior quarterback and in college football as we learned with Vince Young that's sometimes that's all that matters and just I never would have dreamed Baker Mayfield would be this good when he got there and this is going to infuriate a lot of people too and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get our fans riled up and this is something they'll agree with me on actually Baker Mayfield's at Texas Tech Kyle he knows he knows the, the transfer rules you transfer within the big 12 you lose a year that's the rule. He could have transferred anywhere in the country, anywhere he wants to go. He knew the rule. He transfers to OU anyway. That's where he wants to where he wants to go. Okay, fine. You gotta sit out a year. He sits out a year. Then what happens? He wins the job. He, he becomes this great quarterback. Oh, that was unfair. The NCAA took a year from me. I'm just a walk on. That shouldn't apply to me. No, you knew the rule going in. So somehow OU gets this extra year, and really it costs Oklahoma State, in all intents and purposes, a Big 12 championship. Because Kyler Murray, to me, is not winning that game on Saturday. No. It took, it took the best out of Baker Mayfield to win it. And 
it's amazing to me that he could know the rule going in and they could change it mid-flight, mid-career. Mid, mid, mid if you want to go after the fact and be, okay, Baker Mayfield was a, was a walk-on, we'll, we'll change that rule. But we can't do it after you've already decided to transfer when you knew the rule. Yep. So OSU got screwed on, on, on the Baker Mayfield ruling. And you have to wonder if the shoe was on their other foot, would Oklahoma State have gotten that ruling? You know, it took, it took David Boren, Joe Castiglione, two very powerful figures at Oklahoma to get that changed. And it, it cost Oklahoma State because they had to play Baker Mayfield a, a third time. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that the, the way that the rule has changed is, is, is the way that it should be. I think it's correct now, but it's it's uh it's a little little retroact little revisionist history you know like uh he didn't yeah, have so, to go to oklahoma i know he, he could have gone anywhere he wanted and other than you know stay out of the big 12 you want to you want to yeah. go play in the sec pac 12 big 10 doesn't matter go play wherever you want he knew the rule he just he knew he obviously knew they could get it changed i guess but that that's something that people don't talk about but that's that's something that changed the course of history for oklahoma state yeah, I mean, he, he, he. I think the the fun part for me on Saturday, and and I, I, you know, the loss aside, I, I I had a blast. Like it was, it was everything you want in terms of atmosphere, in terms of crowd. Into I don't know if you saw the uh, Fox had like this. Uh, I think it was a drone, and they showed these these kind of overhead shots of Boone Pickens fireworks going off. They had the flyover. I mean, it was just, it was every, it was all the pageantry and everything you want out of a college football game. And I, I, I could not have enjoyed it more um, other than the final drive. But <laughs> to your point, Baker's, Baker Mayfield is going to win the Heisman. He won the Heisman on Saturday, in, in my opinion, from an outsider looking in. And it's not even close. Yeah. He had more touchdowns than his other five closest competitors combined. And he's not, they're not going to lose. I don't think, I think they're going to win out. And he is, um, I mean, Gundy said this after the game and, and I, I could not agree with it more. I, I don't, I, I've kind of gone back and forth on how I feel about him. Um, I think he's a, I think he's a great villain. I wrote that before the game. I, I think he is, yeah, he's just so perfect for a rivalry and for all, for whatever. But Gundy said this after the game and I agree. He said, um, He's like, I, I respect guys who, who, who back it up. He goes, six, he frustrates guys sometimes, you know, or he frustrates people sometimes with, with the stuff <laughs> he does. But he backs it up. He plays the game, you know. And, and I agree with him. I mean, he, he for all the crap that he talks, and people saw the video of him going up to a fan before the game and reminding that fan of, <laughs> of OU's record in Bedlam, which is an absurd thing to do. If you do that and you go out and you throw four interceptions like JT Barrett at Iowa, that's why that's why you're you're JT Barrett. And you're not going to win the Heisman. Baker Mayfield goes out and scores six touchdowns, puts up five ninety eight on a top twenty five defense. I mean, it, 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 what are you going to do? You know, like he, yeah. he's. And, and I think people get frustrated because they they look at him and you're like this guy. You know, you you look at Vince Young and you're like, okay, I get it. You look at Sam Bradford, you're like. Yeah, I get it. Like the arm, and you look at Baker Mayfield, and you're like, "Well, I, I don't, I don't get it." And then he goes out and does what he does, and it's astounding. I mean, it's it's really incredible. 
Yeah, Mike was like, there, there was third and 12. He, he, just, he just sidearms it, hits him right in the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, and that goes back to my point about, you know, I'm sure a lot of fans would coming into the season, I like Mason better than Baker. Well, it's it's no contest, and he's going to win the Heisman. And it, He completed 24 passes, Kyle, and threw for 600 yards. I know. 25 yards per completion. That is it was, it was insane. A joke. It was a joke. As your point about the completion percentage, it's not like he's throwing three-yard outs. No, he he's throw, throwing he, bombs. Yeah, he throws the ball down the field. Um, oh, and, okay. that's, and that's another thing, Kyle. Like, th- this is a problem that ain't going to go away. Even, even when Baker leaves, uh, OU's obviously going to go down at the quarterback position. But Lincoln Riley gets – he schemes players into not just getting open – to getting acres of, of space. I thought Stephen Mandeville wrote his his five thoughts on Bedlam. He said, Lincoln Riley is going to call plays where a fullback can moonwalk into the end zone. <laughs> and it's true. Like, that Rodney Anderson play, like, he could have turned around and moonwalked into the end zone if he wanted to. It was just, like, Lincoln Riley is so good at scheming guys wide open. And it's clear to me they tried to take away Mark Andrews. He had a big start to the game and you never heard from him again well what happened they went over the top with with marquise brown and and over the middle with marquise brown and he ended up lighting them up but just the lincoln riley problem ain't going away that guy is so good at getting guys wide open yeah and i was wrong coming into the year i I didn't think he would be able to be the oc and the head coach kind of like uh cliff has struggled with a little bit well i guess he hasn't struggled but he that they're not winning at tech and riley's done it really well you know, I, I feel like he's done. A, I feel like he ha- actually hasn't maybe gotten enough credit for the do- for the job that he's done so far at, at OU. But they have they have the most efficient offense <clears throat> ever, I guess, or since two thousand five USC. Yeah, it's, that's what Jake Trotter tweeted out. So yeah, that's that's, right that's how there. good he's done. Um, okay, we need to talk unis. Oh, do we need to talk unis? Let's get to this <laughs> week's uh, uniform review. Brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one stop shop. Your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson, we I think we discussed on this podcast the 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 faint, the slight, the sliver poss- of, of of a possibility of the All Blacks being worn uh, during Bedlam, and it happened, and the brand was back. Your dad was no doubt delighted, and it was I think one of the three best uniforms they've ever worn. Bear with me here. Bear with me. I got a clip. <laughs> Can't pull it up. Dang it. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you and I had a sneaking suspicion that all black would happen. I thought it'd be black, orange, black, but. Uh... <laughs> the brand is back <laughs> the brand lives give me the brand give it to me in chrome form oh <laughs> uh, i forgot the brand existed i thought it was dead we had read its last rights and not only did we get the brand like before they even debuted the uniforms on saturday uh, we were talking in the slack chat and i said that the matte black brand helmet they wore in the Fiesta Bowl a few years ago, 
despite debuting 37 helmets, is still the best <laughs> helmet they have. By far. By far for me. It's not even close. It's still the best helmet. And then they go and throw a chrome brand on it for good measure, which I can go back and forth. I like the regular brand, and I also like the chrome brand. But that was as good of a uniform as we've ever seen. I love the all black. I always have. Yeah. Uh, the the thing we haven't talked about yet with the, the new uniforms is the orange numbers with the white trim just fly off the Jersey. They don't just pop. They fly <laughs> off the, the Jersey into your, into your room when you're watching it on TV. Uh, you combine that with the, the Chrome brand. I just thought they looked next level and it, it was just perfection. I have, I have nothing bad to say. I thought J- Justin Southwell, he does the the uniform grades on, on the blog. He, he nailed it. A++ on the helmet, A all around. It was it was awesome. I think I think Southwell actually willed it into existence. He started tweeting about the the brand like the second the West Virginia game ended. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I I the only thing I disagree with you on is I love the Chrome brand. I think it they they wore it the last time we saw the brand, they wore the the chrome brand on the white helmet to open the 2016 season, and I could not get enough of it. And the fact that they brought it back for the for the black helmet, I mean, I just, oh, I just, awesome. Oh, I I thought it was spectacular. Um, yeah, I got nothing to add. It it was well, perfect. and just and I said this back in 2011. When you wear all black, you just look bigger, meaner. All of the above. It's just a great look. And I thought it was a great uniform matchup, too, between that and the all-whites from Oklahoma. Yeah. And, uh, no, it was it was awesome. Um, I, and, again, I, I love all black, but I, I don't think I love it as much as I used to, like back in 2011 because we hadn't seen it, you know. I think, like, if they had worn, like, orange pants with that, maybe better, but it was it was mm, awesome. I, it I, was... I, I don't even want to nitpick. It was just... Yeah. It's more of a personal thing for me. I don't love all blacks. Like all black to me used to be far and away my number one combo. So I, I've wavered on that a little, but it, it looked awesome and yeah, um, no complaints whatsoever. Yeah. It was great. Uh, do you have a uni silver medalist? Uh, if you don't, I've I've got one and I can go. Well, Tyron goes and stands on the third place podium. <laughs> they put the medal over his head. He goes and stands on the silver medal <laughs> podium. They they put the medal on his head. He catches Mason's pass one-handed and bends over on the first gold medalist platform, and then they give him the medal. He's wearing three medals, and he has the <laughs> touchdown pass in his hand while getting the medals. There is no so – he, he, he gets all the medals. It's not even so, close. So he won, the, he won the Heisman, the Bolitnikoff, and – He I, swept I, the medal stand, the medal yeah, podium. Another, another award. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll I'll give my silver medalist, and that was uh, was Calvin Bundage. Um, I think I, I've probably given it to him before. I love I love him wearing number one. I loved it was it was kind of odd, but I love the white uh, like sleeve things that he wore on his forearms. Yeah, and, and then he does the Conor McGregor walk, and they're just she's flailing everywhere. <laughs> that's so. That's my favorite thing about him is the Conor McGregor walk. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Uh, he just he's he's a lunatic. I mean, he is a crazy human being, 
and he gets, you know, he, he's a problem for both teams, his and the other team at times. Um, but I, I, I thought he was pretty good on Saturday. He had a couple, couple of mistakes, but, um, I, I he's, thought an, that, he's an animal. He's yeah. an animal. When they put him on the, the edge and just say, go get the quarterback. Teams have to hold him. They, they just have to, they have to tackle him. He, he's, he, he's too much of an animal for him. He ducked under who, who's the, uh, the tackle for OU Orlando Brown. Yeah. He ducked under Orlando Brown on one play and it was just like Orlando Brown didn't, I don't even know if he saw him. Like he, he just, <laughs> he just cut out, cut in, ducked under him and Mayfield is, you know, running for his life. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I love the way he wore the, the all black on Saturday. He's, I'm so glad Oklahoma state gets to have him for another two years. And he was robbed of one of the great touchdowns in Bedlam yeah. history. He gets the, the touchdown on the fumble that was overturned and he, he, he doesn't even hesitate, Kyle. He scores. He automatically just goes into the Conor McGregor strut, just oh, all yeah. the way down the sideline. It was sensational. And that that was kind of like, wasn't there a? Um, might have been o four. There was a defensive touchdown by Oklahoma State against OU, and it was down at that end zone, same end zone. Uh, OU fumbled on like the five or something, and he got, or maybe they fumbled in the end zone, and he got picked up. I wish I could remember what year that was. I think it was o four. I'll look it up. Um, but yeah, same and OSU was, got it. Yeah, same type deal. And it counted or took yeah, away? It, no, it did count. But it was it, it was just like the exact same spot that they picked it up, which was uh, which was interesting to me. But um, yeah, I, I love Bundage. He was great. And yeah, that's all I got. Well, and uh, I thought you have done a great job since in the aftermath of of Oklahoma State losing Bedlam. Uh, to point out how good Oklahoma State's been as a program. You tweeted out, I think, eight Power 5 schools have a better record than OSU over the past eight years. So there's this tendency for fans to go, we deserve better. We we Ten wins is not enough. <laughs> and it's absolutely absurd. The job Mike Gundy has done has been unbelievable. And I think people just think now that with the job Mike Gundy's done, that OSU's some like sleeping giant, and that some other coach could come in and start winning like Bama. That's absurd. And I th- also thought you can comment on that, but I also thought Gundy really poured his heart and soul out in that post game press conference. Yeah. He, he was talking about how he's like, "Look, nobody wants to win more than me." You can tell people have probably insinuated that to him that Bedlam doesn't bother him as much as it should. And I thought he did a really good job of of not only coaching in the game finally, but uh, really explaining how he felt afterwards it was uh grant jones 2004 zero yard fumble return uh on a on a i think it was a jason white fumble wow i have no recollection of that although i do know grant jones yeah um no you're 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 right and it's hard because it when i tweeted that out i kind of went on a twitter rant on uh sunday my kids were screaming at me in the car and I'm trying to like look up stats in the, in the passenger seat. It was, it was not a good situation, but, um, it's a little, it's a little misleading. And, and I, I I don't think I meant for it to be like, yes, my gunny needs to beat OU. Like no, nobody, nobody disagrees with that. But I, 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 and so I'm not saying that this like makes up for it, but I I just want everybody to understand two things. And, And the first is, Oklahoma State's program as a as a like their program trajectory is unbelievable. Not and I don't mean just for Oklahoma State. I mean 
that at the end of this year, they will be within three or four wins of Florida State over the last eight years. <laughs> That's a joke. Now, I understand Florida State's played bigger games and they've played in the playoffs and whatever, but even the fact that you're in that conversation – any team that's in that conversation is is incredible. Um, so that's one thing. And then the second thing, and, and the problem with all of this, is that one of the eight teams that's been better than them and, and, and one of the three or four that's been significantly better than them over the same eight-year period is OU. And it's it sucks. It, you said, um, who did you say had been born at the wrong time earlier? Well, Rudolph and, and Gundy, this team came along yeah, Gu- during the Baker Mayfield era. Yeah, Gundy. So, and I and I wrote this on Sunday. Gundy to me is is Andy Roddick, and Stoops slash Lincoln Riley are are Roger Federer and and Rafael Nadal. Andy Roddick, awesome, awesome at tennis. Won a major, won a ton, but he couldn't he couldn't beat Federer. He couldn't beat Nadal, and it's like. It's sort of like Ricky Fowler, a little bit. You're with Spieth and Rory, two guys who are going to be like top twenty players ever, you know. And, and, and it, it just it it's it sucks. Like I hate it. Gundy hates it. OSU fans hate it. Everything. But there has to be perspective on you can you can have a nine and a half wins a year team, and also hate losing to OU and not want to fire Gundy. You know, like that's, right. that is, that is preposterous. Like you don't burn everything down to get 5% better. You do figure out how to get 5% better, how to get 10% better, whatever it is, but it's not by completely hitting the reset button, which is, and I think it's just emotions after bedlam or whatever, but it, it's just a, it's a crazy notion and a crazy thing to think. So I didn't, I didn't want that rant to be um, misleading. I, I just kind of wanted to provide some overarching perspective for people. Yeah. Context. I mean, you're right. I mean, what you also wrote, there's like four plays. And if those four plays go differently, Gundy's like, what, 500? Six, again, and, again? six and seven, yeah. Six and seven against, yeah. against Oklahoma. And that, I don't want to make that out to be too much of a thing because obviously you can do that with any sport, any game. But but just one play, if Gilbert hangs onto the ball, they have two Big 12 titles and he, he beat OU. So like the margin for error in these things is, is super small. And in a way, I do feel for Mike for – being so close in so many of these games and not coming through, but it's, yeah. uh, and you, and you said it on, on, on Saturday, they, they emptied the tank. Yursich was feeling it. Gundy was feeling it. They went for it. Um, they didn't hand it off at the end as much as you and I are complaining about it right now. They, they let it hang out and they got beat and that's fine. Like I'm fine with that. I have no issues with that. It sucks. I don't, I don't want Oklahoma state to lose to you, but I, how cool would it be? And I, I don't think this will happen, but they still have a they have a sh- chance to backdoor into the Big Twelve title and to get another shot at OU would be uh, would, oh. be, would be pretty crazy. After do, after do they do they want that? Well, that's what uh, uh, Philip Slavin, who's a writer for us, he he asked if we had a poll question for Tuesday yet, and he said you need to ask if if fans want another shot at OU. And I said. <laughs> Well, won't that be like 99% to 1%? And he was like, I don't know, dude. I, I don't know if it will be. <laughs> I don't know if people want to go through that again, just mentally. Yeah. Um, okay, we need to hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. And then I've got a couple more things, and then we'll wrap up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986. 
and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, uh, to my point earlier, do you know, can you give me the only team in the last eight years, so since 2010, that has beaten OU more times than Oklahoma State? How many teams are there? Uh, they've played, I think, 33 programs, and only one has beaten OU more times than Oklahoma State. Texas? Baylor. You talking in their history? No, in the last eight years. Oh, the last eight years, you said. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Only Baylor has beaten them more than OSU? Baylor's got three wins. Texas and Oklahoma State have two. Um, a couple other teams have two. Clemson has two, uh, and also zero losses. <laughs> but... You know, to everyone's point, Alabama's 0-1, uh, Auburn's 0-1, uh, Ohio State doesn't have a winning record, Notre Dame doesn't have a – I mean, beating OU is really, really hard. I'm not trying to make excuses because Oklahoma State should have beaten Oklahoma more than twice over the last eight years, but it's not an easy thing to do. Baylor's 3-5, and five, by the way. Yeah, we all know how they did that. They're cheating like banshees down there in Waco. <laughs> They had they had some freaks on those teams, some yeah, NFL did. caliber players. They did. Um, uh, do you, I have a? It's not even a hot take. It's it's something that OSU fans won't like either. I'm try, I'm sorry if I'm being too negative on no, this Monday. No, no, it's fair. All of this is but, fair. But for Oklahoma State to make the 1945 national title sign the centerpiece <laughs> of Boone Pickens Stadium is the most Mickey Mouse loser mentality. <laughs> that is the one of the. That's one of the more embarrassing things OSU's ever done. Like, if you want to claim the title, I have no issue with that. If you want to pad the resume, if you want to put it in the media guide, fine. If you want to put it on the front of the media guide, fine. To take out the 2011 Big 12 title sign and replace it with a 1945 national title that you were retroactively given 70 years later is the height of. Little League trophyism, like oh, we're all winners. Like we got this. Well, let's. Does Gundy bring a recruit out and go, hey, 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 son, look at that. We win national titles here in Stillwater, 1945. We won that a long time ago. Like that is just, it's embarrassing. Like it, it, it feeds into when o, OU fans make fun of OSU fans. Like it, that's that's something they can easily make fun of, and I think it's pretty embarrassing. And then it, and then it lights up at night. It just it, it's just. I think I hate it. I think it's silly, and I can't believe they did that. I a hundred percent could not agree more. And and it's a disservice to the 2011 team. I mean, it, it, you replace the 2011 because the 2011 used to be like as big, right? Like it used to be kind of go the width of the like in the centerpiece. Yeah, same size basically. Yeah, and and like that that Big Twelve title was the most meaningful championship that Oklahoma state has won in, in ever in football. I mean, it sounds it's their like, only, their only outright <clears throat> conference title since 
like the 70s and that was a split it's their only outright conference yeah title. and and, it, and it's and, and the reason i say meaningful is because it, it was after pickens gives all the money it was, it was part of this kind of rise of oklahoma state football i mean gundy said it on on monday he's like we're, we've been building a culture we've been building tradition for eight years that's it i mean he said that yeah and you put the you put the the four every time i see it though by the way i think of the greatest tweet of all time I was I, I thought about this tweet for like ten minutes on on Sunday. I'm sitting at Aspen in Stillwater trying to trying to write some stuff. Army beat Germany on the road in in <laughs> in 1940 whatever it was. I, it, it's it's the best tweet ever. It, it's it's incredible. And it just it reminds me of like A and M. You go to College Station on the side of their stadium. Yeah. They got like 1934 national champions that they just made up. Like it's just one of those mythical things and look that 1945 team was great but just because some was it the was it the college football coaches association decides 70 years later that they deserve a piece of it and you and you make it the centerpiece like if you want to again if you want to celebrate it i'm cool with that yeah i'm great with that if you want to pump up the resume and say we have x amount of national titles in football that's fine to make it the centerpiece of the entire stadium is just one of the more mickey mouse things i've ever seen they should replace it with like how many billions Ben Pickens is worth. <laughs> it has like a little check. Just the, they keep the check marks going. Just one, yeah. two, three. Slide the five. Okay. It's like it's. But like, no, I, uh, I had to get that off my chest, and I got I got eviscerated by some OSU people, and that's fine. Like if you want to defend that, that's fine. You want to wear your 1945 national championship shirt and pretend like that means something, fine. But to make it the centerpiece of the stadium is just that's an all time just. <laughs> that, that, that's an embarrassing move i'm sorry it's just it's 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 laughable to me really yep i agree um is that how we want to end things you, you got you got anything else for me <laughs> no i just had to get that off my chest <laughs> um, i mean how i want to end things is um you know just again i saw what i what i needed to see and the, the yeah. results yeah, you know I've I've seen enough bedlams. I know how that movie ends. I fully as soon as they got the touchdowns wiped off the board, I had accepted OSU's fate. Yeah, in that game, uh, I've seen plenty of those. I don't even I'm pretty numb to bedlam at this point. But I saw what I needed to see. I needed to see Gundy coach like he had a pair. I needed to see Gundy coach like he does in every other game on the regular season schedule. I think part of it playing in November helped that it wasn't yep. the last game of the year. They went they went all out. They went for broke and they, they crapped out. And that happens sometimes when you're playing against an all time quarterback like they were. And so I, I'm I'm I don't have that feeling I've had in Bedlam so many times where it felt like OSU didn't do what was necessary to win. I think they did, they just didn't make the plays in the end. Yeah, which is unfortunate that you don't have that feeling because you gave us an all time Barry Junior rant, Barry Barry J. Sanders rant last year. Um but your your tyrant stuff from this year was pretty good as well. Now I I, I agree with you. Um, they went for it over and over on fourth down. Uh, they threw the ball on the goal line to their to their best short yardage receiver. They they fed justice. They didn't you know they didn't play great defensively, but they also made plays defensively like we covered two two interceptions, five sacks, and they you know they let it hang like you said i mean they they did everything that they could do to try to win the game and they just came up short and I, there, there was no there was no controversy they had the yeah. ball in their hands chance to win the game 
it didn't come down to a, a call. It didn't come down to um, anything. It came down to their offense not getting the job done. And, well, that's, and, that's, and that's, a, that's a result you can live with. And that's why it's so bizarre to me to see people like just rolling on Gundy. It's like, what, what did what did Gundy do? Like, coach them to to the final possession to where that you know giving the ball to the best offense in the country or second best or whatever to win the game. I mean, isn't that what you want? You're playing a top five team. You're playing a top three program over the last decade. I, I, I understand that that gets old, but it kind of is what it is. You know, you're playing the best. You're playing a, the, the Heisman Trophy winner is on the other side of the football, and you had a chance to beat him. That's not Gun. I mean, that's isn't that Gundy's job? Like, isn't that the definition of his job is to do like do what he did? And well. And the I, biggest, I just, biggest, biggest play of the game, the turnover in the red zone that Mason threw, that's a run-pass option. That that was totally on Mason. Yeah. Adam Lunt will probably break it down for you in the future, but he broke it down in our Slack chat. And the guy he was supposed to be reading, Will Johnson, uh, completely turns around to cover the guy. And instead of handing it off, Mason tried to thread the needle and, and make and he, a pass and he, he shouldn't have. And he that's not on my gun. That's not on my gun, yeah, and he stared at him the whole time. I think one of my takeaways, I, I love I love Rudolph. I've been riding for him for three and a half years. Um, I don't think that he's as good, as elite, as whatever, as I originally thought he was. That doesn't mean I don't think he's good. I, I think he's a, 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 I think he's a tremendous quarterback. But I, 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 and maybe I'm just comparing him to Baker, and Baker was just better on Saturday. But... Um, man, he had a lot of chances and he didn't do it. You know, I, I used to think earlier in his career, he was a surefire first round pick, carried himself as a pro, all that stuff. But I, I've started just in this last year and a half, two years, I've started to see why scouts maybe aren't as high on him as, as we all kind of thought they would be. I talked about how high he throws the ball that will not go well in the NFL and maybe part of that's just he has Washington and he just thinks look if I just throw it up there he'll go get it but he throws it way too high he's flat-footed I can see some of the nitpicks that scouts have had with him leading up to the draft this year that are starting to show and the accuracy to be we, we talk so much about the fourth quarter throws uh, the accuracy to start the game was not good Mm-mm. I mean they settled for a field goal on a, just a horrendous pass it wasn't nowhere near Marcel Aitman or Washington whoever that was so the, the accurate, like at one point, you know, and we've always talked about the accuracy on short throws. And at what point is that just who he is? And yeah. again, what he is, is one of the very best college quarterbacks to ever play at Oklahoma State. I'm not yep. sitting here trying to beat him up. He's, he's as good as anybody they've ever had. But I can start, I'm starting to see some of the inefficiencies in his game that, quite frankly, Baker Mayfield didn't have. And quite frankly, that I think it's going to hurt him come draft time. Do you think Oklahoma State wins that game with Brandon Whedon at quarterback? Oh, I'm, I don't know if I can go that far. Um, I don't think I can say yes just because of everything that went wrong. But um, I don't think Mason belongs anywhere above Brandon, though, as far as the all-time lists. But I think, and again, the further you get away from people, the less flaws you remember. Yeah, um, I know. You, you you brought up that Whedon threw, what, three picks in 2010? We don't even yeah, remember those. I know. So I, again, I again, I don't, I don't want to beat up on Mason Rudolph. He's one of the best that's ever played at Oklahoma State. He's a great quarterback. He threw for what, four hundred freaking yards and five touchdowns. Like, yep. like yep. Oklahoma State would have killed to have a guy like that. And we're gonna see how good he is next year when they don't have him. 
Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. again, I don't I don't want to beat up on him, but I just I I used to think surefire first round pick. The NFL scouts don't know what they're talking about, and well, now and, I, I kind of see some of the inefficiencies. Yeah, and to your point, like I, I don't, I'm not trying to beat up on him either. I, I think he's a top, you know, two or three quarterback in Oklahoma state history. He, he, like Gundy said, he deserves all the records he's done. He's done everything. Like he has been the bedrock for a great program over the last four years. I just felt like it's kind of like, remember Les miles in Oh three before the game, one of these teams is the best team in the country and others, the others are really good football team. We're going to find out which is which. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's sort of how, what I felt like with him and Baker. And, and I feel like we found out. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and and that that's not that uh, again. Like Mason might that, be the, that's re- that's reality. Yeah, and 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 that's yeah. It, it's not a shot at Mason. It's not me be downgrading him. Um, he's just. I, I thought his trajectory was was, you know, to, to go to New York to be a Heisman finalist or whatever, and it, it it just it it hasn't broke that way this year. I don't feel like. No. That's not how we want to end the podcast either, is it? God, I don't know. We just we're like eighty minutes in. I, I don't know how to. Hey, let's talk about the positive. Oklahoma State has a chance to still win ten games for just the ninth time ever. They go to Iowa State, then they get the Kansas teams at home. And Carson, I mean, it, it's not inconceivable. It's not even really that crazy to think that they could still play for the Big Twelve title because. TCU is probably going to lose at OU, which means that all you have to have, you got to win out if you're Oklahoma State. All you have to have is for TCU to lose. I believe they play at Tech, and that could happen. Will could it? Could it, it though? Will could it, it though? Probably not, but it could. Could it though? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Have you watched, have you watched Texas Tech attempt to play football? I mean, Tech stinks, but I. I don't know. I mean, weird stuff happens. Who, who knows? It probably I mean, won't. It but, could happen. But what I'm saying is Oklahoma State doesn't need four different games to break their way. They need one game, and that's the Texas Tech-TCU game. Or if TCU goes to Norman and beats OU, then they then they need uh, West Virginia to beat OU as well. I think that's that scenario is far less likely. But, <laughs> um, again, they just need one game to break their way to go to the Big 12 title. Yep, you're right. One more game. Um, <laughs> as much as stress as that would cause our dads, it would be a lot of fun if they met up in Dallas with with OU. One one final ride against uh, Baker Mayfield and company. Sign me up for that. I know. Think, I know how that movie ends, but doesn't mean I don't want to see it again. Think about the psychological just turnaround in a month of of what that would be like. You're up for Bedlam, then you're down, 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 and then all of a sudden it's Bedlam again. You're like, oh. <laughs> oh. I think that, that's kind of where the uh, the blog would be too. It would be down, 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 up, Bedlam again. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wrote this. I said people people buy in every year because there's just – it's like it's like uh, uh, women getting pregnant more than once. Like, like, a, like a week after you have a child, you're like, I'm never getting pregnant again. Who would ever do that? And then enough time, enough time goes by and you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And then you do it again. <laughs> That's kind of what Bedlam's like. You, you you have a year go by, and you're like, ah, I I believe again. I'm in. I'm in again. They can do this. And then they don't. And you're and and it's another year. But a month in between, I don't know. I don't know how that would go. <laughs> Saturday was like a five hour labor. It really was. <laughs> 
I don't know if I'm ready for that. But uh, Jack Trice Stadium awaits. Oklahoma State plays at Iowa State. So, um, yeah, they, they're still on trajectory to win 10 games. But uh, yeah. disappointing Bedlam. But uh, I wouldn't, you know, I'm glad we were both there to see it. And it was good to see you. And Yeah, it was fun. It's we've seen that movie a million times. One of these days the ending will be different. <laughs> okay, Carson, we'll talk to you later on in the week.